And uh, what a gift it is to go to the Lord in prayer and uh, to go with other believers and just praise him. With my boys, I've been talking with them. We, uh, how many of you have ever heard the acronym of ACTS for praying? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Another one for children is called PATH. Praise, um, what is it? Praise, ASS, no, praise. What's the A? I didn't work on the A with my kids. The first one's P for praise, okay? <laughs> uh, thanks and help, but I can't remember the A. Repent, ask, and uh, heal. That's a, for pray, yes. That's another one, pray. This is path, but it's praise. And so we spent some time just praising God. I said, let's not think about anything else, just praise him. And um, so that's good. And, and, and it's it's sweet. We had a sweet time on the coast uh, and things, but uh, I want to get my lesson tonight, so... Um, well, tonight we're going to be studying spiritual gifts, all right? And when you hear that, that phrase and that topic this evening, um, there's a lot of things I think people think of. Uh, how many of you have studied this before, studied out spiritual gifts? All right, so a handful, um, actually less than I thought. Um, for those that have studied this out and went into great detail, I, I ask that you just take a fresh look at it tonight. That's what I ask God to do in my life and help me take a fresh look. I've taught through this three or four times with the foundations class. I did go through the book of First Corinthians uh, with the um, uh, one of the the uh, which class one of the, Maranatha class. Sorry, um, but take a fresh look. Um, this last Sunday, Pastor was to preach on retooling and talking about Servants Day. And uh, I know he and I both have a, a weight, and probably more so him, of thinking of going into this new building and having all the leadership and all the different positions and all the different areas ready. Um, just as we're getting the building ready and having someone measure carpet and think about that and putting down tile and all those things, getting that ready physically, we need to be ready with our ability to minister to one another and have people come in and, and um, just use this building as a tool for the ministry. And so there's, there's, a, there's a, heavy, a heavy burden there. And as, even as we talked with the uh, couples over on the coast, we were talking about how when we have a Sunday school graduation, the, the one class, first grade to fifth grade, they said there can be up to 20 kids in that one class. So that sounds to me like we need to divide and conquer there a little bit, right? Which is a good thing. Um, but that's going to meet another teacher, another helper, um, think about Sunday school classes. We're excited about the home builders Sunday school class that we're going to have. We're excited about the nursery and all the different options. And then somebody said, boy, we could have a hundred visitors real quick over there, you know, and I'm thinking, oh boy, <laughs> are, we ready? are we ready? Well, truly God has given us that building. He's done a great work, right? And he's in control and he's helped us. And it's been a journey and it's been a process, but God God uses the people in his body to minister to one another. And as we think about this tonight, God has given, if you know Christ as your Savior, he's given you at least one spiritual gift. And I know on your sheet there it says unwrapping your spiritual gifts. I don't know why I made that plural, but I don't, I don't know if each of us have a multitude of gifts. You might just have one gift. As you read the 1 Corinthians 12, it would seem that it's just one gift going out there. I know lots of times we want to think we have three, four, or five gifts, but I, I don't know about that. Um, and because uh, a lot of things we're just commanded to do, 
And we'll spend some time next time talking about just making yourself available to God to, to, to really be used of God and find out more what your gift might be. But tonight I just want to talk about really the definition of spiritual gifts. And I want to talk about the distribution of spiritual gifts. And so I kind of want to just get kind of a, an overall picture of this and help us to think about this. I want it to be helpful. I want it to be practical. I, don't, I really don't want it to be controversial. You know, there are some sign gifts, I believe miraculous gifts, I believe they were foundational in the church, but we're not going to really cover the gift of tongues and healings and and apostles and all things like that. That's not my goal. My goal is really for us to think about how God has given each of us that are believers a spiritual gift. And if you have a spiritual gift, it's something that can be used not for yourself, but for others. And uh, so I think there's some good application here, but as we go, I don't, I don't want to make this dry, but I want to really help us to think about this, okay? So a definition of spiritual gifts. All the scripture I have this evening, it's, it's in your uh, pamphlet there, okay? And so you can go through and read there if you want to use your own Bible, that's great too. But just a definition, a simple definition is this. It's a God-given ability for service. A God-given ability for service. So when you get saved... You experience the grace of God and the mercy of God. God saves you. His Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. He indwells you, okay? You are a child of God, but when the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you, He gives you gifts or a gift. And that gift is there. And you may not know what your gift is, but you should. You should um, learn to serve God in such a way that pretty soon it will start manifesting itself, the gift. Of, of what it is. But I'll tell you this. You won't know what your gift is unless you start serving the Lord. Because what does it say? It's a God-given ability for service. Okay, and We can be even more direct in the fact that it's, it's a God-given ability for service to the body of Christ. Yes, Mike. It is. I have the link here at the end, and we'll talk about that on the end of this pamphlet. That's okay. Um, it is. Um, but let's let's think about this a little bit, because <clears throat> we'll get there. Uh, but <clears throat> if you would go to, uh, there's A there, a gift, but go right below that. Let's look at the scripture there. 1 Peter four ten through 11. This is from the New King James, which is what our pew Bible is. Um, 1 Peter four ten through 11. Peter says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever Amen. So we see according to this verse right away, by the way, Peter is the only other apostle that spoke of spiritual gifts besides Paul. The uh, teaching of spiritual gifts really is a Pauline teaching. Okay, Obviously, it's of the Lord, um, but we find it in the book of Romans. We find it in Ephesians, in 1 Corinthians, Okay, and then uh, 1 Peter. And there might be some other verses out there, too, but mainly those are the main sections, okay? And so this gift, 
The gift, the Greek word is charisma. Charisma. Okay, we've heard charisma before. Charisma, someone might say, you're, you're, um, you have a lot of charisma, okay? And that means that uh, their personality is, um, I don't know, got spunk to it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? He had charisma. He had a lot of people that followed him, and he was very dynamic, okay? But really, we also get the, the word charismatic from this, okay? And uh, don't be afraid of that word. In fact, tonight, you should all be charismatics (laughs) in the fact that if you have a spiritual gift, right, um, you do, you have it. So we ought not to be afraid of this word, charisma. Um, Really, it comes from the Greek word charizomai, which means to give graciously and generously. I want you to see this. The root word is charis or charis, which means grace, divine enablement. It means grace. So, it is a God-given ability given by the grace of God. Do you see it? It's it's something that is by grace given to you in grace. Okay? It's a gift. So, right away, is, is grace earned? No. Do you deserve it? No. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. So, this is, right away, just understand this, that it is a gift to you, okay? That sets it apart from a natural talent, sets it apart from something that you, um, per se, a skill. It's a gift from God, okay? So, and we'll find out later, but unwrapping this gift, it's a free gift. I wish it were as easy as unwrapping a gift, (laughs) but truly, um, you have to serve to be able to to use it. I just really like a gift. I was kind of joking around with David this weekend. But it's like a gift, certain gifts that you get, you know that really that gift is not beneficial for you unless it's used, such as tools for men, right? I mean, unless it's a status symbol, I don't know. But tools, if you get tools, tools are meant to be applied in order to do something. Now, you can do that work and it can be for yourself or you can do it for others or get money. Uh, For women, it could be a man gets uh, new cookware for his wife. I mean, the thought there is a lot of women would like that, though, wouldn't they? Because that's what they do, cooking and things. But the idea is that it would it has benefits uh, for the person that maybe gave it also. Okay, but this is the idea that the the spiritual gift and we'll see here later B it says is for service. Your spiritual gift is to be used in serving one another in the body of Christ. So when you got saved, you came to know Christ, you were converted. The Holy Spirit came inside you. You were given a gift. But that gift really wasn't for you. Isn't that interesting? That gift was to be applied by you to minister to someone else. And we're going to see later that the spiritual gifts, there's at least around 20. Some people say 18. In fact, the lists are not. It's kind of hard to follow all the lists because some things seem like they overlap. There's no one complete list. Even in 1 Peter, it seems like there's speaking gifts and there's serving gifts that we just read. And so, whatever gift it is, you've been given a gift. And it'd be interesting if we knew what everybody's gifts were in here, but you have a particular gift that someone else doesn't have. And and we know that because the Bible says so, that you've been given this gift to minister to someone else. This this idea right away, automatic, it it should just transform our thinking about going to church. 
when I go to church, first of all, what's what's wrong with that statement? I'm going to church. We are the church, the people in here. This is the building. This is the facility or the tool where the people, the church come to. Okay. We say, well, someone says, well, man, I, I like to go up in the woods. You know, I like to go up in the mountains and go hiking. My church is God's sanctuary up in the mountains. There's a big problem with that. A church is a body of believers that's called out for his name, that's gathering together to worship the Lord corporately. But there's also a big other. When you talk about spiritual gifts, what's the problem? The problem is you've been given a spiritual gift that you can't just use for yourself. You've got to use it to serve someone else. I know you love the fish, you love the the hunting, but that's not what God's talking about, okay? (laughs) But, and I say that to myself. It should should radically transform us in thinking, man, I don't want to miss church because God's given me a spiritual gift to minister to someone else. And the flip side to that is, Someone else has a gift that I don't have. I need what they have to offer. And so they can help build me up in the Lord. And we can come together, as it says in Corinthians, they're like a body and we can function in such a way that we're giving glory to God and we're working well. It's a free gift, but it's a gift that's meant to serve others and ultimately serve the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the profit of all. It's, it's the good for all of us. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification, the building up of the church that you seek to excel. They were, they were struggling, and I think this is what happens often with spiritual gifts, is we see a certain gift. Often it's the speaking gifts. It's people that are up front. And for some reason, people up front, and, and um, the more I get up in front of people, I think, man, why do you want this gift fully? You know, it is, it is a blessing. You are blessed. But um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a lot of responsibility in bringing the Word of God, and it takes study and time and, and, and a lot of things. But often it's the speaking gift. People want that. And so even we're talking about a spiritual gift test or analysis you can take later. And and sometimes uh, you have to kind of think through it so that you're not answering questions to kind of get that one gift you desire. (laughs) Um, Nowhere actually does it say to discover your gift. That's an interesting point. And I, and I want to hold that back because I really want to talk about that next week. But you're okay to bring it up now, obviously. We're talking about spiritual gift test. But I think you need to go beyond just trying to find your gift. Do you know what you need to do? You need to surrender your heart to God and do whatever God calls you to do. Because as you take that test later, and you know this, Miss Rose, there's going to be a lot of stuff on there you've never done, you've never experienced, you've never had a ministry like that. Because maybe you're younger in the Lord, you haven't been trained, or you're shy, or you're not committed. And so it's going to be, boy, all over there. It's really not going to be that much of a help, other than showing you that, man, there's a lot of things that I've never done to serve the Lord before. And, and I hope it will help you to get out of your comfort zone to say, hey, can God, could God use me? And some opportunities you've just never had, okay? So I don't, don't feel like I'm, I'm being hard on you. I'm just saying that 
There's, there's time, God cares more about a surrendered heart to Him than He does about someone that thinks they know their spiritual gift. Okay? Yeah. How many remember the um, the missionary Sid Sid Stone to the jail ministry? What did he say? Some heard it in Sunday school. I talked to him. He said, "I never, never planned, never desired, never wanted to go into prison ministry. That was not my plan. But my pastor said he had a message, a burning." desire to go and preach the word and so we had an open door to go into the jail and he said i need somebody to just play the guitar and so he went he went a few friday nights and all of a sudden he couldn't stop going okay that might be more of a calling to ministry but as he did that he understood more god used him and he started to understand wow i'm starting to do things i never thought were possible these things i didn't grow up with these things maybe i wasn't fully trained at but i have a burning desire to do it i enjoy it and you can grow. Don't. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's hard to separate talents and gifts. But, but you can because it's very clear that they are different. Um, but but, but I, hope, I hope we're seeing here that a spiritual, this spiritual gift, whatever it is that you have, is meant for you just to serve others, serve the body of Christ. Give yourself, and as you do that, you might find out your gift. I hope you do. But um, let me ask you this question. Um, well, I'm getting off my notes a little bit. Um, if you do have more than one gift, could it manifest itself at different times in your life? Yes, it can. So should that tell us to tell ourselves, hey, don't be willing to say no to things you've never done or to get closed mind to think, oh, no, that's that's for this person or that's for that person, that's for that person. No, no. You never really know until you have that opportunity. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, I understand there's, there's training that's involved and there is development. These things can be developed, okay? But um, I remember the first time I went... Um, <clears throat> I remember one of the first times I preached, and I really I don't I don't know that I'm the greatest preacher. I think I have a love for people. I think I have um, more the gift of exhortation to encourage others. But but I remember the first time uh, that a pastor said, "You're a preacher boy. I want you to be in a Bible conference. I want you to preach a 10 minute message, and it's on Samson and how he tied the fox's tails together and burnt the field. You need to do it this Sunday night. Go study, and you're going to have a 10 minute message." And I look back and I think, wow, he was, he was, he was, he was serious. He was, no, he said, you're a preacher boy, you're going to, if you're a preacher boy, you're going to preach. And so I said, you know what, I thanked him later for that. But I was scared to death to do this, something like that. Especially we picked the passage and I didn't, what do you say about foxes' tails being tied together, you know? And there is a message there, it's in God's word. But, you know, you grow and then you start having this burning desire in your heart. You, you start enjoying it, you know, and, um. Yeah, for for me personally, it was uh, after my my other grandpa passed away when I was in college. I was a freshman year, um, 
came back and I had a devotional speech I had to give and, uh, in this class. And it just all that took place. And I remember giving that devotional speech and the uh, teacher came up to me later and she said, Do you, um, I, th- I believe you're called in the ministry. I believe you're, you're able to teach or you're able, you have a speaking gift. And I said, oh, that's great, because I'm, I'm a preacher boy. <laughs> but I helped confirmed it. That's really what ordination is for a pastor. It's to help confirm the call. Now, now we're talking about, that's kind of now a position, sort of, or an office of the church. But, but, but do you see I'm saying that's a good point. Other people can see in you. You know what's really interesting? Lots of times, other people see the spiritual gift in you, and you don't even see it. Because lots of times we're desiring a spiritual gift that, that we probably don't have. It's interesting. We're so focused on what we don't have that we don't realize what we do have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in, in our flesh and, and uh, just getting off focus. Uh, Charles C. Ryrie, who I got a lot of notes from for this, uh, he said a God-given ability. He said a spiritual gift is a God-given ability to serve the body of Christ wherever and however the Spirit may direct. Remember, Pastor has been teaching on being Spirit-led. However, the Spirit may lead when these opportunities arise, and we need to say yes, Lord, yes. Joseph Thayer said, "Extraordinary powers." That's that's not that's a good word, isn't it? Extraordinary powers. Distinguishing certain Christians and enabling them to serve the church of Christ, the reception of which is due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. That's that's nice, isn't it? It's the spirit that works through us in enabling us to serve one another. Well, what is a, what is a spiritual gift? What is it not? Okay. A spiritual gift is not a place of service, okay? Um, it's not a place. We can serve the Lord here at Westside Baptist, but truly there's, there's other places we can use our gifts, okay? We, that's why we have to be led. Um, we can use our gifts on mission teams down to Peru, or we can use it um, in whatever, out and about. We just have to understand that our spiritual gifts, it's not, it's not just at, in a building. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's... it's, it's it's been given to you often. Um, my second one is it's not an office or a position in the local church. Okay, a spiritual gift is not that. Now, some of them, it's hard to take away the fact that an apostle was a person too. A pastor teacher is a, is a person, and there are pastors in a church. There are evangelists, okay, and there are evangelists in a church. So sometimes they overlap, and it's hard. You can't really um, distinguish between the person and the gift. Does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's who they are there as we read, read the scriptures. But, um, but, but the fact is, is that we minister one, one another wherever God leads us, okay? Evangelists, boy, you're, there's people all over that need the Lord. We're all called to evangelize, though, aren't we? Do you think Dave Kistler knew right away that he had the gift of evangelism when he first got saved? Do you think so? I, I've never heard his testimony, but, but I would imagine, no, he did not. He didn't know that when he first got saved. He probably had to share the gospel with somebody else, share it with somebody else, share it with somebody else. And all of a sudden, he's got this burning desire to tell others about Christ. 
Are we all to tell others about Christ? Often new Christians, they do have that desire to tell others about Christ and the gospel and what God, God has done. That's right. Um, it's uh, not a particular uh, or a, a specialty technique or skill, okay? There's certain skills that can be developed, okay? Um, there's certain things that can be done in the, uh, in the kitchen, baking, things like that. There's certain skills that can be developed, okay? Um, you can think of uh, various of them. Uh, even languages, learning languages, that's, that's a skill, isn't it? Okay? Now, if you believe the gift of tongues is still around, maybe you could skip that one, but it's a skill to learn a language. It's, it's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work, especially a lot of different ones, but it can be developed. It's not a, a particular age group ministry, okay? Catch this. Sometimes we get stuck and we think, well, my gift is only with children, all right? Cheryl, can I talk about you a second with middle, where you came from and things? Um, I should probably do that before service, but <laughs> um, I think it's fine, though. But um, in middle school, when I came, Cheryl was the uh, teacher for the middle school with the kids there, and, and the kids loved her. Those girls, first, I remember when I, right at the beginning when I came, I had all these girls and, and guys come up to me, and they're shaking my hand. Glad you came tonight. Glad you came. And I, I think she had told them or something. You get so many points or something for going to have them come and <laughs> shake my hand or something. But uh, but I did a great job with those children and helping them and teaching. But Cheryl now has is teaching our women and she's taught with our children and things. And so it's whatever your gift is, it's not with a certain particular age group. It can transcend. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we get stuck in that area too. Um, um, in the serving gifts too, whatever, uh, whatever it might be. Okay, I'm doing a lot about teaching. I guess uh, forgive me for that. But um, also number five, there it's not a natural talent. Not a natural talent. Let's see the differences between a natural talent. Uh, natural talents on the left hand side down. It's and then spiritual gifts on the right hand side. You can see the table there. A natural talent is given by God. Notice they're both given by God. All right. God is the giver of all good gifts. Common grace goes to everybody. Reigns on the just and the unjust. You know, here's a thought to think about. Think about all of the aborted babies and all of the wasted talent that God was going to give to this world. It's a sad thought, isn't it? Sobering thought. But think about this. Those babies, though, are in heaven. So we can praise the Lord for that. But um, natural talents are often they're God given by God through our parents. All right, there's some some DNA that's passed down. There are certain gifts, talents that transcend, and you might know somebody that it doesn't. Okay, <laughs> maybe it skipped a generation. I don't know. Um, but uh, but they're given at birth. Uh, they're to benefit really all of mankind. Spiritual gift is independent of parents. Okay, there's there's some here tonight that don't have parents that are saved. Okay, you're saved and God's used you, and it's amazing what God's done, um, but it's given at conversion, at salvation, at the second birth, um, but it's to benefit the body of Christ. Now, can the world and all of mankind be benefited by our spiritual gifts? Well, obviously, yes, but um, they are to be used for uh, the body. Uh, F there, a spiritual gift is, A there, a tool for doing the work of the ministry. Okay, uh, Pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets are called to equip um, the church body for the work of the ministry, okay? Um, so they're a tool for the work. Who does the work? The body of Christ does the work. They minister to one another. 
secondly, it's a divine motivator. Uh, Romans 8, 14 through 16 talks about the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit. And as the Holy Spirit, as we're being led by the Spirit, He's going to motivate us to do certain things because that's the gifts that He's given. Uh, to just trust God, the gift of faith. To have mercy towards somebody else. You're just going to have that that sense of, man, I need to go help that person. I need to stop. I need to help. I need to give them a hand. I need to give them a gift of, of giving. I, I need to give. I need to just give towards that need. Uh, no one needs to know, but I need to give, okay? Um, it's... Uh, a divine call, a divine calling and divine responsibility. Ephesians 4, 1 through 7 says, walk worthy of your calling, which ultimately I think is salvation there. Um, and then uh, we'll look at this passage a little bit later here in just a minute. But verse 7 there talks about how we're, huge, we're each unique in the gifts that we're given. So there's a responsibility that we have before God. One day we will stand before Jesus and we will give an account the head of the church, Jesus Christ, for how we use the spiritual gift that he's given us. Hmm. It'll be wood, hair, stubble, or something precious, precious stone, something that won't be burnt up. Number four, it's a building block for Christ's church. Christ said he will build his church, but he uses people to build his church, doesn't he? He uses people. He does a, a great work, but he's, we've got to work together. Number five there, it's a source of joy and satisfaction in the life of the believer. And uh, I think when you really start just sensing what the Holy Spirit has for you, what you really enjoy, um, that, that really starts showing you that you, have a gift, you, you might have that spiritual gift. I think there's certain things you'll have the joy of the Lord no matter what. Sharing, the gospel, sharing Christ, I don't know that I have the gift of evangelism, but boy, I sure love to share the gospel. Especially after you shared it and someone's responsive, someone gets saved, or they're just, they're just, they want more. What a joy. Someone might reject you too. <laughs> but there's a joy that you've got to at least tell them about the Lord. God, you never know. A seed can always be planted. Uh, set, uh, number two, this, the distribution of the spiritual gifts, okay? We'll go through this. Um, a here, it's distributed by the risen, ascended, victorious Christ. I want you to see this. Did they have spiritual gifts in the Old Testament? Well, the Holy Spirit worked and he did mighty things, right? There were prophets. Yes? He skilled them, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which a natural talent is still given by God. But this is at the point of salvation you get this spiritual gift. But I, I would say that we had prophets, right? So, I mean, we had we had people. So it seems that there are spiritual gifts there, but not not like totally what we're talking about in the New Testament when Jesus says, well, wait till Pentecost and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay, and he will help you to minister. Okay, and so there's 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 this great measure. There's this great out overflowing of the Comforter that's that's being given to us that now lives inside us. They they did not they had the Spirit 
fullness came upon them and they did things. Okay, Samson, the spirit came upon him. He was able to do those things. But I, I don't believe that there that the spirit indwelt them um, long term. Okay, see, see the distinction. Okay, um, some things to, to think about and we could study deeper on that. But um, but I want you to see here, it's the risen, ascended, victorious Christ. Okay. And uh, in this passage, Ephesians 4, 7 through 13, the first part there says, walk worthy of the calling which you've been given. It talks about the church being unified together, okay, and being unified. But then verse 7, we see this and how each individual believer in the church is to be unique, but still unified, but unique. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. This grace, again, charisma, okay? You've been given a spiritual gift. It's been given, it's been measured out by Christ. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. This picture here, a few verses, comes from Psalm 68. It really has reference to somebody, a, a king or a battle, going to battle against a city, conquering that city, Bringing back the captives and all the goods, all right? Victoriously bringing those things back and now having gifts to give. This is talking about who is Christ victorious over? Sin, death, the devil, okay? He's victorious. So as we go on, it says, now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. I personally believe this. There's some thoughts out there and there's a creed that said that that Jesus went to hell for three days. There's that thought. Okay. Um, I, I personally don't. I'm not sure if I believe that. Okay. I believe here it's just talking about him coming to earth. Okay. And dying for us. That's that's what I feel. Some people can disagree. And that's okay. All right. Um, because it says to the lower parts of the earth he descended, but then it says he ascended far up above all the heavens. All right, so he's talking about the ultimate heaven with the Father. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so that 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 could be the idea there. I don't. It, the Bible just doesn't give us enough information about this passage. Um, but there's some different thoughts. So. I don't want to get stuck on that. The main thing is that whether he went to hell or he just went to the grave and conquered death, the fact is that he was victorious. And we do know that people came out of the grave when he arose. All right. And so he was the first fruits. And one day we will also be resurrected with him in heaven. But he's victorious. And so now he's able to give these gifts. Okay. Uh, Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All right. So we see here God has given what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, or some say the pastor teacher. Okay, I, I personally believe the apostles and the prophets was 
foundational. We have Scripture, Ephesians 2.20, that tells us they were foundational. And the evangelists and the pastors and teachers have, have taken over once that foundation of the church was laid and we have the Bible now. Okay, um, But they're given to what? To equip, to make adequate, to help the person be sufficient. Helping the saints for the work of the ministry. Who, again, thinking back to spiritual gifts. Who's doing the ministry? It ought to be the body of Christ. The pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, they can only do so much. It's got to be the body working together with all of their gifts. B, um, distributed by the Holy Spirit at will. This is, this is good for us to think on. This is basically the idea that the Holy Spirit, He's the one that chooses certain people with certain gifts. He gives the gifts out. He disperses them. He gives... This to you if you know Christ. This to you if you know Christ. If you're if you're a sa- if you're saved, He gives these out. Okay, we know this in First Corinthians twelve eleven through twelve. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Do you see the reoccurring theme of unity through all this? Can you be really unified if people aren't using their gifts or using them correctly? Ministering to one another? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it, does it? Yeah, much more difficult, of course. It's frustrating. It's frustrating when God calls us to do certain things, but man, there's certain things we do because we love God. We may not be good at it, but I'm willing to yield myself at it. But, it, but it's, it's a little bit more difficult for me. And if we're in the flesh, it can become frustrating, right? Where someone else that, boy, if they just realize. Let me, uh, boy, I think, I think we're running out of time. So I might have to just pick this up. I don't want to hold you over too, too long, much longer. Let me, let me close with this, okay? We'll, we'll pick this up uh, next week, and then we'll talk about, um, I have two more weeks with you, okay? Is that all right? <laughs> um, let me leave you with this. Um, and I, and Josh, Josh Waldecker shared some of his testimony. We talked about this. And we said, and I asked, I asked the question, why do people not know what their spiritual gift is? We're not told to seek them. Um, you may not know what your spiritual gift is. and um, There might be various reasons for that. But I, I asked him, why do you think that you don't know what your spiritual gift is? Not him personally, but why do people? And he said, I don't know, maybe because... I don't know what he said exactly, but maybe they haven't taken the test or maybe they just haven't really started thinking about it or they've never been exposed to it or, or whatever. And, and I said, yeah. But as we were thinking, I said, I wonder, though, if it's because people just come to church, that idea, coming to church, to a building, and they sit to take everything in, everything in, and it's all really about who? It's all about me instead of boy, you mean I have a spiritual gift? You mean I have something to offer? I thought it was only the ushers and the pastors and the teachers and the nursery work. You know, you start going through the list. There's a lot of people, actually. (laughs) But I thought it was, you know, you mean I do? If I know Jesus as my Savior, I have something to offer? Is there, there's really something? And I said, Josh, think about your testimony. Think about, what, what about yourself? He says, well, not that he was doubting or anything. He's like, yeah. He's like, Someone asked me to work at the sound booth. They heard that I knew some music and things, and I started working at the sound booth. And, and that's not necessarily a spiritual gift. 
And uh, he said, yeah, I started doing that. Very faithful. Church became so much more. I realized I, I needed to be there. I was a part of it. Sounds pretty important. So he wanted to be a part of that. And then I said, do you remember the first time you ever gave a, gave a devotional? He said, ah. He said, oh, it was when I did the men's or uh, a prayer breakfast over in the building over there. How many of you remember Josh's devotional over there? Yeah. Um, that was before we had tore down a bunch. Um, but he gave that devotional, and, and us pastors heard him give that devotional, and we said, whoa, wait a second. This guy is this not, he's not in here, so. He, you know, the way he's, he's talking, and he's clear, and he's not really had a lot of training in some of that. Maybe we should ask him to do some other things, okay. So I'm not trying to build him up, but then he's now one of our Sunday school teachers, okay. Um. I'm just using that as an example. What you know, there's many other gifts. There's serving gifts. Let's just turn to the back. We'll cover some of this. I know I'm going over time. I'm sorry. I hope it's beneficial. We have the miraculous gifts. I'm not going to talk too much about those. Enabling gifts and the team gifts. If you want to go through and take that church gift test analysis thing, um, you'll you'll find all of these on that um, spiritual gift test. And I'm not saying not to. I'm just saying that's there. Although think about some of the things I'm saying. Um, I think if you take it again, you took it a while ago, it might, it might be different because you've had more opportunities to serve the Lord and find out more what God has. Um, but see, evangelism, prophecy, which really is the idea of preaching, um, calling sin out, white and black, uh, teaching, exhorting. This can be more of a one-on-one counseling. Um, a pastor, a pastor doesn't have to be a pastor of a church. It could, this could be a lady that looks over people. They, they're like a shepherd. They care for people. Showing mercy. This is somebody that just genuinely cares about other people that are going through tough things. Serving, okay, just behind the scenes, getting things done, serving one another. Giving, administration. These are people that are good at leadership, good at uh, getting things done, work more on not just the people but on the stuff, okay? Um, So uh, just some things to think about. We'll talk more about this. There's some other good things um, that we'll talk about. Um, but next week, we'll talk about more about developing this. But I hope it's a good start for us, okay? Um, let's bow our heads and close our eyes a second. You know, you, you do not have a spiritual gift if you do not know Jesus as your Savior. And the first thing is that God wants to give His grace. We are all sinners. The Bible's clear. For the wages of sin is death. Um, sin is anything that we think that's Anger, angry thoughts, um, lustful thoughts. Uh, sin is not doing what you're supposed to do. Um, sin is doing things that we know are wrong. Our conscience pricks us. We still do it. We kind of deceive ourselves and think it's okay. The Bible's clear that the penalty of sin is death. And um, we deserve to die for our sin. But praise be to God that Jesus died in our place on that cross. He took our sin And three days later, he rose from the dead. He was victorious over sin and death. And the Bible is clear. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't know about, this is the Wednesday night crowd, but if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you don't have a spiritual gift. You're not not able to minister the way we're talking because you you don't understand this grace yet. You've, You've never had your sins forgiven. So if there's one or two tonight that does not know Christ, I pray that you would come to know him and ask him to save you. You can talk more to me. Let's pray.
Father, we're thankful for the gospel. And Lord, we pray that we would be about the gospel and sharing the gospel with others. And uh, Lord, that we would be about serving you. Most importantly, getting out of our comfort zone, just being led, as pastor's been teaching on, led by the Spirit when we feel the tugging, when we feel the nudge. Uh, Even when we don't, Lord, we're we're told to just um, redeem the time for the days are evil. Oh, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just pray that we'd be biblically minded, uh, Lord, that we'd be surrendered to you, and uh, Lord, that you would use us and help us. But Lord, if there be one here tonight that does not know you as their Savior, I pray that they'd come to know you um, and help now, Lord. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Good.